Okay, you guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras episode number 45. And on the day that this comes out, I will be packing up all of my stuff and heading over to set up for my very last race of the 2021 season, my 100 miler, the Ghost Train 100. The whole reason I started this podcast. (laughs) So I'm excited that this episode is coming out today on this specific topic because it plays a crucial role in running and even more specifically with 100 milers. What is the topic you might be wondering? Well, it is mindset. I asked my friend and life coach, Alice Petzold, to come on and chat with me about mindset to kind of break down some of how your mind works, how you can start to shape it to work for you, and to give us just some perspective on all of this, because I think it's good to understand that what you're having going on between your ears is 100% normal, and that you can actually shape and mold it to work for you. So the prime example of that is come Saturday morning at 9am Eastern time, I will be working hard on cultivating my own mindset that will carry me through, mm, I don't know, 24 to 30 odd hours of running. So let's just jump right in. Please enjoy my chat with Alice Petzold. Uh, Okay, you guys, here we are again on the She Runs Ultra podcast, and I'm here today with my good friend, Alice Petzold, who is a life coach, and she's actually going to be one of the experts in the upcoming Run Farther, Faster, Stronger Winter Reboot program, and she, uh, we're here today to actually really kind of dig into mindset, so this is probably by far like one of my favorite topics to kind of geek out on when it comes to running and in particular ultra running. So I'm so excited. Like Alice and I talked a little bit about this beforehand and we were kind of game planning and we have all sorts of stuff that we want to share. Some of it we're going to share today and a lot of it is actually going to end up in the program. And we've been going back and forth about like what we're going to work on and she's coming in twice. So I'm like, I'm giving all the secrets away, but I'm super excited to have her. So welcome, Alice. Um, Tell us just a little bit about who you are and, you know, the kind of work that you do so everybody can have a little bit of background and understanding about um, you and your work. Well, it's great to be here, Megan. I, um, you know, when we got introduced and I heard what you were up to, I was like, wow, this is just such a perfect fit for me and and the type of work that I do. Um, I think that, you know, everything comes down to mindset. It's It really is, I think, one of our lowest common denominators when we look to change anything. My work is always in working with people around their relationship to themselves. Um, this is such a, an important place. And then also working with people around what opportunities are them to take it out into their lives. So, but the first one is our relationship to ourselves. And it really begins like at the very core of it is our mindset. Um, our mindset is decisive. It's, it really determines, you know, who we are or who we aren't in those moments that are our challenging moments. And uh, I think that so many times as, as humans, we can start to forget that our brain is there for us. 
And so learning to have it work for us as opposed to be something that we need to battle or struggle with um, can really be an amazing access point to achieving things that we never imagined we could do. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's an exciting topic for me. And I look forward to working with you and, and chatting with you here today. Awesome. So um, just so other people can kind of get the full like picture of you, we talked a little bit before about your kind of athletic experience. Would you kind of share like, you know, cause there are a lot of athletes that listen to this podcast and a lot of them are runners. Some of them are aspiring runners. So just kind of give people uh, a little bit of background on your athletic side. <laughs> well, um, I, I grew up an athlete. So what that looked like for me was from a very early age, being in a swimming pool, you know, hours upon hours every day six days a week, sometimes seven. Um, and I didn't realize how much of my identity it held, you know, that always throughout my life, I had that practice of alongside everything else I was doing, really challenging myself physically. And it was so automatic. Um, it wasn't until after I got out of competitive swimming, when I realized how much I hungered for this, and that was something that I really needed to integrate into my life. So, um, I'm not your runner body type, but um, I have run three marathons. Um, I have done uh, a triathlon, a sprint triathlon. Um, I've climbed Mount Rainier and made it to the summit. Uh, and, and throughout my life, I've always really enjoyed the opportunity to hack my brain through physical movement and training. Um, and it's someplace where... I can practice having courage. Um, it's someplace where I'm always learning new things about myself. And um, I highly recommend it. Exercising and challenging my physical body is a very spiritual experience for me. You know, that whole process of being willing to try something new, commit to the training, and then all the things that I learn um, about myself. It's funny. I don't know if you can see it. I'm going to pop this up a little bit higher. There's a little placard above my, um, my file room here that says, enjoy the journey. And to me, that's what it is. It's, it's a journey. And, um, my friend who I summited Mount Rainier with, and, and we trained for, you know, six months leading up to it. When we finished, she gave me this because just to remind us that the, the summit was amazing and unquestionably, a glorious experience. And it was just a portion of the journey, you know, so much of that journey of, of discovery and um, learning how to pivot and how to adjust came in all the months that of the training that led up to it. Yeah, totally. And I think like, it's, um, I think it's important to uh, like uh, for them to know, for everyone listening to know that you do come from this athlete background, because it's one thing to kind of understand these concepts in a vacuum of being just a general kind of life coach, right? And then there's that added element of being an athlete and having pushed yourself physically and mentally and doing some of these things like you're talking about, like climbing Rainier, where you've really put what you talk about to task, like you're actually using it. So that's why I'm super excited that you're going to be part of the program and that you're here obviously right now to kind of share some of this stuff. Um, the first kind of place I think we should start is talking about mindset um, and just kind of in general terms, because when we think about your mindset, I don't know, when, when I think back to how I used to view this a long time ago, 
I didn't know it at the time, but what I had was a fixed mindset. I felt like um, if I didn't get everything on the first try, that I was a total failure, that um, I should know how to do all of this stuff. It didn't matter if I had ever seen or heard it before. Like, so fixed mindset versus growth mindset, which I think is something that is very needed for really anything, but running in particular, can you kind of just define those two for us to help give us like a jumping off point? I think it's helpful to understand how the brain works for this, because, you know, there's definitely, I could go into this on a very technical level, but I'd like to just give you sort of like a lay person's perspective on this. So, so there are, you know, obviously the two hemispheres of the brain and there's the you know, there's the rational and the controlled side of the brain that looks to, I mean, it's brilliant. It protects us from a lot of, a lot of potential challenges. It helps us to rationalize. It helps us to break things down and be, you know, safe. And, and I'll call this the rational side of the brain. And then there's also the creative side of the brain, which allows for more exploration and creativity, excuse me. And this you know, we want to we want to be able to have some capacity with both sides of our brains. So we get introduced to concepts very early on, right, where we start to think I'm a right side person or I'm a left side person. And that becomes part of our identity, which can become very fixed. And I think this is the challenge, because when we find ourselves in a fixed mindset, it's very rigid and there are some things that that's quite valuable for in terms of how we operate in life. You can imagine, you know, like I just got off of a plane and, you know, that that whole process where, you know, creativity is not really something we want in a TSA line. Right? Like we want to be able to comply and to adhere to what someone is asking from us. Um, and so, I look at these two sides of our brain and and invite people to recognize that we are employing them. So it's looking at the functions that they serve and when they're be discerning with when they're most beneficial. So um, I think it can be very dangerous to relate to ourselves as I am this or I am that. That to me is very fixed. Um, it doesn't mean that it's not valuable to understand what we have a proclivity for or, you know, what we are more comfortable with. But it's helpful to understand these these functions and recognize like when which part of our brain is most useful to employ. And when your brain is on overdrive, it's running the show. Right. And so I think the big thing to think about is that like your brain is another area where you want to resource your brain, but you don't want it to be running a system on overdrive, overdrive, overdrive. So, you know, a fixed mindset is one that it's decisive, it's very intentional, and it can override us exploring the growth mindset. You know, when we're in a fixed mindset, we might be a little more defensive or protective of ideas or things that we've been told about ourselves. Um, and that limits what we're we're able to explore in the other with the other hemisphere of our brain that allows us for more discovery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, when I think of a fixed mindset, I think narrow and um, uh, oh, what was the other word I had in my mind? 
just narrow, oh, limiting, narrow, like a narrow point of view and a very limited, um, you're, you're just not going to open yourself up to many possibilities. It's just very limiting, right? One of the notes I just typed to myself while you were talking was this idea that we are actually in control of the brain versus the brain being in control of us. Like we think about like the brain obviously regulates a lot of our base bodily functions and the stuff that we do, you know, the autonomic nervous system stuff that just happens without us even thinking about it. And sometimes I feel like, and I've definitely been in this, this position too, you know, you that we just think the thoughts that the brain wants us to think and that that's just the way it is. I'm not sure if I'm describing this well so that people kind of understand, but we have that ability to kind of, you know, just like we would train our muscles or train our cardiovascular system, like we can train our brain to kind of think the way we want that best supports the outcome that we're going after. And I think this is where a lot of runners and athletes and just people in general have a hard time because they just think, oh, this is the way that I think. This is the way that I am. There's nothing I can do about it. Like, what would you say to somebody who said that to you in a conversation? Well, first of all, I would normalize it. It is a very, you know, it's a it's a myth in in some ways. And it's it's very, it's very widespread. It can feel contagious. You know, when you get around people who are like-minded, it, you know, it 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 can further um, solidify these fixed mindset pieces that we have where it's like, this is how it is. And this is, it's who I am. What I always say to people is, you know, we are what we practice and it can, it can be challenging because depending on, you know, where you find yourself in your, your, your human development, you've been told a lot of things about you, you know, um, you've been told you are this way, this is who you are, this is what you should do. And, you know, this will be the clearest path for you. And what you're absolutely right, what we don't realize is that we have a much greater influence on our thoughts and not only our thoughts, but also how we respond to them. Um, most of us spend a great deal of our lives reacting to thoughts. Like I say, you can take a thought, you know, um, depending on where you are in the country, you can look at a, a visual for this, but, you know, I lived in the Northeast corridor for a long time and, you know, that's the, the train that goes, um, you know, all the way up and down the East coast. And like, you can take your thought, you can take a thought like a runaway train and be up to Maine before you know it, you know? And it's like, how did I get here? What, what happened here? Um, and our, our work is to really look at the trains we're going on. And did you even buy a ticket on this train or did you just somehow find yourself on it? And now you're all the way down into this mindset that's not serving you. It's like, I relate to this. This, this may not be scientific, but I relate to it as like any other muscle group where, and you know, this in training, there are so many muscle groups that serve us, but there are the strong muscle groups that can tend to take over and really take all the weight of the work. And what we want to do is look at maybe our fixed mindset is a very strong muscle group for us. Um, and I'll give you kind of an example about this. Like, so, you know, if I think because of how I am physically, I'm not a marathon runner, you know, like six feet tall, 170 pounds. I was always a, 
middle distance swimmer. So like, I was always like, I'm not a sprinter. I'm not a long distance swimmer. I'm a middle distance swimmer. And does that mean that I can't train for long distance events? Absolutely not. You know, like, um, but recognizing that some of these things that we know about ourselves can be helpful, but we also want to allow ourselves some space to explore and learn things about ourselves. You know, when I signed up for my first marathon, I was doing it with my uh, boyfriend and we were training for a half marathon. And that was a stretch for me as like a three to five mile runner. I was like, okay, I'll do a half marathon. And then he was, his friends were going to do the whole marathon. And I was like, I don't want to not try it just because I don't think I can do it. And, you know, set myself up with a training program. And I was like, well, how about if I train for it? And then if I really don't think I can do it, then I can always do the half marathon, but I'll train for the whole marathon. And, and with that intention. And I, I mean, when I tell you I'm the last person you would have ever thought that could do that. I was, and it took actually interrupting that fixed mindset that I had about myself and what my limitations were to just be willing to, to choose it. Yeah. That's awesome. Cause I think that, um, you know, there's probably a lot of people that are listening to this right now that are in a similar situation, you know, going from, you know, whatever their current farthest distance is, whether that's 5k, 10k, half full ultra, like the various levels of ultra and like trying to go up where we have a lot of thoughts around, well, I'm just a 5k runner. I'm just a half marathoner or, and then, you know, it seems like, um, the, the gap or the distance that you have to travel to get to that next distance level, you know, seems so far but it's really not, you know, cause you're already in my mind, I think you're already three quarters of the way there. You just have the last little bit to get there. And in my mind, that's putting in the mileage, obviously that will kind of help bridge that gap. But at the same time, doing some of this mindset work to uh, help you overcome or kind of reframe or get rid of those thoughts. Not that we necessarily banish them completely, but you know, we start to, I made another note to myself about, I think of these recurring thoughts when you were talking about the train and like going all the way up to Maine or all the way down to, you know, DC or whatever and find and finding yourself there and being like, holy cow, how did I get here? As like, you're, it's like when you're at the beach and you just drag your toe or your finger in the sand and you just keep making this, this, rut, you know, and over time, it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper until you find yourself kind of at the bottom of this rut or this hole, looking up at the sides and being like, how the hell do I get out of here? And it's just, it seems scary. And this is like, now I'm just talking about personal experience, like being at the bottom of that, looking up and thinking, how do I ever climb these sheer walls that goes straight up to get out of this position where I'm thinking all of these thoughts, they're not serving me because here I am still at the bottom of this hole. How do I get out? So like, what are some of the tips or strategies or things that you might start somebody out with who is kind of in that place? Like they're trying to level up to, you know, their next distance um, and they're finding themselves in that rut and not able to, like see their way to where they want to go? Like, how would you start someone in that process? Well, my first response is that we actually need to be willing to pause and look at 
you know, what we're doing that's digging that hole deeper. And oftentimes we're the ones in the bottom of the pit with the shovel and we keep doing the same thing and we just keep digging deeper and we have to be willing to put down that shovel. Um, said, said another way, like we ha- actually have to be willing to get curious and like invest in another way of thinking. Which can feel really scary, especially if you're 100% invested in how you've operated for forever. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the, the thing that I think is so important for people to know is that it seems scary by design. I call the, uh, the amygdala, the sentinel that is, this is part of the brain that puts us into that, you know, fight, flight, or freeze reaction. Um, and it's like a sentinel on a watch. It wants your attention. And so it's going to shut down any other possible thoughts so that it gets your attention and has you address this thing that is is generating the fear. Now, what I think is that some people think it requires something very radical. And this might be radical in what I'm about to say is that it's it's more small actions that support the new way of thinking. So it's like those those places where we can challenge ourselves to just choose something, anything outside of that mindset one action. It can be a lot smaller than I think we want to make it. There's so much magical thinking out there of like, oh, change everything overnight. And that seldom is the case. I'm going to mix metaphors here, but it's like, once you start to invest in a growth mindset, you start to get more investment on that return. And those returns start to pile up. You can get some compound interest but it's not expecting that it's going to be magical and change overnight. You know, like there are some people who have natural athleticism. And so I think they can tend to forget everything that went in to build and create that in, 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 in performing in athletics. Um, and it, it gets dismissed and like, oh, that's just how I am. And it's like, well, if you really looked at it and you did some looking at the, how it was established, you probably have been paying more money into that account money, right? Paying more into that account than you realize. So it's, it's being able to take a pause and look at, okay, what, what are the actions that I'm taking that are digging this hole deeper? And what are some simple actions that I can use to take myself out? So one is, you know, looking at the thoughts, feelings, body sensations that you're having, just kind of doing a check-in, understanding what's happening. And then the other is choose anything outside of doing that same thing, you know? And I love that you have this group because I think the the, the power that this, this fear amygdala, amygdala response has, it's really diminished when it's outside of our brain. Um, it, it, it's the, the lifting gets a little easier when we put ourselves in the company of others where we can actually get the thoughts out of our brain and, and, and recognize that they're not unique to us. 100%. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've noticed in past groups is when we get everybody together, we're all different in the sense of, you know, our appearance and our lifestyles and our experiences. Um, but in the group, we're very similar because we are all going for a goal related to running. When we leave the other stuff outside, 
you know, and we just talk about the running stuff and all of the things that are going to help us get to where we want to go, we realize like, oh, we're not that different in the sense that like, this is a struggle sometimes. And we have good days, we have bad days, we have similar obstacles or challenges. And then we can all learn from one another. Like, you know, I might have experienced something and I share it in the group and you or somebody else takes it and runs with it and is like, oh, I tried your thing. It didn't work, but I found this other, you know, offshoot that actually did work for me. And so having that like-minded group where everyone is, you know, really just there focusing on running, we're normalizing a lot of the stuff like you talked about in terms of struggles and challenges and thoughts and behaviors and obstacles. And it just becomes this cool place where we can kind of just put all our cards on the table and say, okay, what do you think about this? Like, you know, this was hard for me and being vulnerable in a place where no one's going to jump on you. (laughs) You know, everyone's going to be like, oh yeah, me too. I totally had that. Like last year, here's what I did. It did or did not work. Like, what do you guys think? And it's, I just love the group for that particular reason. And I'm, that's why I'm excited that you're going to get to be in there with us and like, you know, show us all the um, tips and strategies and tools that you have kind of in your toolbox for doing what we in the group call like 1% better every day. So this is like a little concept. I'm sure you probably have read this book, but Atomic Habits by James Clear um, is one of the best books I've ever read. And he just focuses on, you know, this trajectory of 1% better every day, instead of doing what you referenced earlier, which was kind of blowing everything up or wiping the slate completely clean and trying to start over where that's like a complete disruption to, you know, your whole life. And now you have to adapt to a whole new routine where you could just do what you're talking about and choosing anything other than what you've been doing. And that's 1% different, like if you think about it that way. And then over time, choosing that same thing, if it worked for you, or a 1% difference in that thing, like, yeah, creating just, you know, kind of working through the percentages to try to find a path or a route for anything that's going to work for you, whether it's your mindset or your training or whatever. So that concept of just trying to get out of the rut or the hole or however you want to think of get off the train at a different stop, like any of these metaphors that we've created here. Exactly. And, and this is the, this is the thing. Like if, if you, if you look at this, it's, it's not that you're not going to go down, uh, dig a hole. Like you're going to, if, if that is your go-to, you're going to start to dig a hole, right. Or you're going to hop on these, I call them thoughts that are like runaway trains and we just, you know, stay with them. I think this is the challenging part where people want it to be eradicated. That's actually not in the cards. And that the thing I think that is so exciting about that, it's that we can start to get to know ourselves and understand, okay, these are the things that can trigger me to think these thoughts. What are some things that support me in interrupting them? So what, what supports me in putting the shovel down? What supports me in just getting off the train one stop sooner, you know? Um, and, and looking at that behaviors that bring you back, you know, like whether it's phoning a friend or just going one more mile, just, just one more mile today. And, you know, like all of these little things that will challenge this, this growth that you want. Growth is uncomfortable 
by design. But there's something that we learn about ourselves when we're willing to be in the discomfort and challenge ourselves just that little bit more. This is why I love challenging our body because our body is so resilient. Our body has so much capacity and so much of the, so much of it is reliant on this operating system being on board with it. But the more you you choose something in the face of the adversity, the more you choose, you know, like doing something healthy over, you know, like it, even a food choice, if, as simple as that, you know, have going with a positive, uh, uh, a better food choice moment by moment, going for the run, whether it's raining or not, doing that extra mile that you need to bump up to this week or miles, depending on where you are. Each time you you make that choice, it's like it pays dividends for the next time because there's just going to be something next that is uncomfortable. This is where it's just so fun because it is more comfortable going down the pathways that it's most familiar with. So when we're, when we're seeking to create something new for ourselves in our lives, we have to be willing to practice And we don't, maybe this is, maybe I'm saying we, like, I don't like to not be good at something. I like to be good at things, you know? And so when I go to try something new um, and I'm not good at it right away, my mind is like, oh, this isn't for you. Maybe, maybe you're too big. Maybe you're too slow. Maybe you're too this. Maybe you're too that. Maybe this isn't for you. And I, I think it's important to not not relate to it as malicious or um, any ill will around it, but we can prove things to our mind through our body when we recognize, and you know, look, I'm not saying no pain, no gain, because that's not my game whatsoever, but it's, it's being willing to let go of that vice grip control fixed mindset and just look at it more as an experiment. Like, what can I learn here? What can I learn about myself? If I, if I just try this new thing, if I try this one more and you're, um, when you were talking about how different, different people sharing things, I think that's so helpful because the more we can learn to practice and experiment with things, um, I'm, I'm, I get a little, reluctant to like a one size fits all approach. That's kind of funny. Cause I'm like, I'm not, whenever things say one size, I'm like, my arms are longer than you think they are. You know, <laughs> you know, like I've never been a one size fits all person, um, in, in clothing. So maybe that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but it's like, it's like being willing to draw from resources and really learn for yourself. Okay. Maybe it's not all of that thing that person told me, but maybe if I take this part of it and I'm willing to practice it and explore it, then I'll find which facets of this really work for me. We talk about that a lot, actually, in the group, just in terms of people will ask questions like, okay, well, what's the training plan that works for a 50K? And I'm like, "Mm, 
I'm like people who are listening to this now are, are laughing (laughs) with their earbuds in being like, here she goes on her training plan rant. But like they're, you know, the, the free plans that you get on the internet are junk. They're one person's, it's a snapshot in time of something that like worked for one person. And it can be, you know, if you want to look at how that thing is set up, you know, as kind of like a template, that's great, but you're going to have to throw some personalization in there to where you are. It's not one size fits all. So I love that analogy. And, you know, going back to what you were talking about in terms of like growth and discomfort, we, we talked about this before, but, you know, the brain is kind of set up to keep us safe, right? We talked about this. So kind of staying where in the paths that we've gone down before and doing the things that we've always done before, because we know we're good at them. And that's where, you know, you're looking up at the sides of the, of the hole and being like, wow, it's going to take a lot of effort for me to get out of there. But that's what I typically call, you know, and we talked about this, like hitting the override button and you're going to have to hit the override button and do something that is just slightly different than what you have done before in order to set yourself on a new trajectory, right? Or to get off that train one stop sooner or, you know, to just start thinking a little bit of a different thought or to overcome that discomfort of trying to level up to the next thing. And I'll always just go back to, you know, going to your next distance, because that's a lot of what people who listen to this show are are trying to do. You either break into running or go from 5k, you know, all the way up and through the ultra distances. And there's going to be discomfort and, unknown things that are going to come up all the time. And if you can look at it, and this is just my opinion now, so I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this, but like my opinion on all of this is that to your point, it's an experiment. Like I'm going to try some things that I think are going to get me to where I want to go. And that's not a one-time deal. (laughs) Like I have to do these things repeatedly and consistently. And, you know, I think for me, A lot of this has been a mental game for me more so than a physical game. Like, you know, getting up at oh dark 30 to go running or, you know, doing a strength training workout when it's the last thing that I really want to do. And, you know, so I think the biggest skill that I have had to learn is how to hit the override button on the autopilot. Like we're, we have so many metaphors going right now. I love it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, we've had trains, planes, and automobiles now. Um, <laughs> when you hit the override button so that you're no longer on autopilot and you're actually making calculated decisions and trying things and experimenting, that's hard. It's going to be messy. It's probably going to be uncomfortable, but that's the stuff that's going to help you to level up. I mean, I don't know. That's just my, that's my operating system. That's what I think about that. And it's a system that I've kind of used over the years. It's gotten me this far, but I'm actually like super excited to actually do the work with the group in the upcoming program. Cause I know that there's like so much more that I could be doing. That's, you know, so I'm, I'm excited about that. I think this is the, this is something that's so helpful when we think about this override button, because every time, every time in life, we have to hit the override button. Maybe it's being in a heated conversation with someone that we love and we have the option to walk out and slam the door. You know, sometimes the override button is just not leaving the room. Sometimes the override button is being willing to listen when, when we're, 
disagreeing and just staying in that conversation and hearing the person out. And then, you know, like if we look at the progression, the next move is, you know, being willing to be in the exchange, hear what the other person is saying, and then, you know, speak our truth in that moment so that it's a conversation. So you've got first override button is not leaving the room. Second override button is listening and hearing the person out. Third override button is staying in the conversation and speaking truthfully with that person. Now, sometimes the biggest override button is just not leaving the room, you know, like not quitting the workout. Sometimes it's going the extra mile. And so the more you, you, the more you practice these things, the more ease that they have, and there will be another challenge for you. I think that it's so beautiful, um, Megan, that, that you, you voice that, that experience that you have, because what I hear you saying is that you are providing this container for this group, but you, it's not like you've drawn, you've drawn one map and this is the way you're also continuing to explore for yourself and experiment. And that's the, that's the thing I think everyone can keep in mind is that there are no experts on you. You know, you, you, Megan, are constantly evolving. Everyone in this program will be constantly evolving. Me and my coaching, I've been coaching now for 11 years and I'm constantly evolving. There are new things that I'm adding in that provide access for different people. And so, you know, not only are we uh, supporting the journey, but we're also on the journey ourselves. So there's no, that's the good news and the bad news. Like there's no place to get to. There's just more, you know, if you're willing, there's always more exploration and more discovery. Yes. The, it's the process is the way like that is a hundred percent how I feel about that. Well, Alice, uh, I know you have to jet, but uh, thank you for coming on and chatting with us. Where can people kind of reach out to you or learn more about you and your work um, on social media or online? Give us the, give us the links. Uh, so the, if you want to know more about coaching, accomplishmentcoaching.com has lots of great information about our coach training and our, our coach. Uh, if you want to learn more about me, it's Alice Petzold. Um, I'm on Instagram and I think it's Alice.Petzold. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And well, I'll put those links in the show notes. And as I mentioned before, Alice is going to be one of the expert uh, coaches in the winter reboot program. And I'll put the link down there for that. And we kick that off on November 1st. So Alice, thank you so much. Uh, I hope you have a fabulous day and uh, we'll see you soon. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. And I look forward to working with you all soon. Yay. So we just barely scratched the surface here in this episode on how your mind works and how you can make it work for you when it comes to running and, you know, all the challenge that you'll face along the way to achieving your running goals. But I'm a firm believer in mindset training and I've experienced firsthand the benefits of putting in the reps because, you know, back when I first started running, I can remember getting to a certain point during like a training run and just feeling like giving up, like I couldn't go any farther, that I wasn't good enough, that I would never actually be an ultra runner, you know, all, all of the thoughts. I would get on that express train to use Alice's metaphor and just ride it all the way to the bottom, <laughs> to that dark place. And it wasn't until I got just totally fed up with not progressing and doing the same things over and over again and getting the same freaking results that I started to think 
there's got to be a better way. <laughs> got to be a better way to go about this. And little by little, I started to, you know, do some research and read some stuff and actually do the things that Alice mentions here, along with, you know, some other stuff, some other tra- uh, tactics that I began to deploy not only on my runs, but in my day-to-day life. And that's when I began to really move away from that fixed mindset into more of a growth mindset. So if you can relate to this, if, you've, if you're on the express train and you would like to get off and you'd like some mindset coaching for just how to do that so that you can crush your goals, then I want to invite you to join the Winter Reboot program that kicks off on November 1st. So hop on over to megan-gould.com forward slash winter dash reboot. And that's where you're going to get all the details and snag your spot. Uh, Real quick, one other date that you should know, I mean, the program kicks off on November 1st, but the other date that I want you to be aware of is Monday, October 25th, because that's the day that the price is actually going to go up. So make sure you get over there to snag your spot this week and get in on the early pricing. All right, you guys, that's all for this episode. I'm off. Send me lots of good telepathic vibes or just head on over to Instagram. Find me at findyourultra and send me the good vibes. That way I'll be checking in and trying to do some updates. Enjoy this beat and I'll see you all soon. 